Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for October the 12th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is, indeed, our guide. Ladies and gentlemen, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, we've got a battle on our hands like you've never seen before. The next two hours breakdown will really give you a flavor of that reality check. It all starts with yesterday's show. So really, you're talking about four hours of radio, ladies and gentlemen, a summary of yesterday's hard-hitting, award-winning broadcast, still available at LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net, available on the LovingLiberty.net iPhone app and Android app as well at your fingertips free. So here's the recap of yesterday's show. We had our guest on Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org, doing a great job for Campaign for Liberty. Welcome to our celebration of Columbus Day and Christianity on Columbus Day. Columbus Day celebrates the landing of Christopher Columbus on October 12th, 1492. Now, a lot of people say Christopher was a thug. I think he was a Christian, God-fearing man. Was he perfect? No. But I don't think he was the bad guy like everybody makes him out to be, ladies and gentlemen. I really don't. But now Biden formally recognizes Indigenous Peoples Day. My main point is I'm okay to celebrate all kinds of cultures, histories, peoples, contributions to society and life. And that's wonderful. But let's not obliterate one on the altar of the other. Let's not have to promote one and down the other. Okay? Those who believe in Christ, as I do, you know what? They have every right to believe as we choose. But what they're really coming after is the Christians, ladies and gentlemen. That's the problem that I have with it. Why put this, quote, um, Indigenous Peoples Day on Monday, the same day as Christopher Columbus has been celebrated. Why do that? Why create a conflict? Okay, we need to create a little more kindness, civility, respect, appreciation, patience with one another. All right, parents should control education. Ron Paul, an incredible column. We also talked about the Biden administration investigating, protesting parents for domestic terrorism. What do you do, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> In my opinion, you slay the beast. You take your kids out of government school and starve that communist system right out of money. You can say, wow, Sam, that's a little harsh. And my response is not when it's the 10th plank of the communist manifesto. It's not harsh. Who's harsh? The communists are harsh, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very gentle. Teaching kids about race and gender. Chris Sweeney with a great article. Talking about a mother that's standing up saying, not on my watch, not on my schools. Well, unless you pull your kids out, ma'am, you don't stand a prayer. I'll tell you that right now. We talked about Candace Owens also doubling down, saying parents should take their kids out of the government schools because they're brainwashing children into Marxist principles. 
Pull your children out of public schools. The time is now. Remove your children from these indoctrination camps. I appreciate that Candace Owens is right. It's the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto. Why wouldn't they teach Marxist principles? Of course they will. That's what it's designed for. Don't you get it, ladies and gentlemen? But I've been telling you that for 25 years. Candace Owens late to the party, but good honor for being at the party at all, right? The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, in a good news piece, has overturned the decision by Judge Robert Pittman to temporarily block the Texas heartbeat bill. So now pro-death is still stopped in Texas. I commend them. I'm grateful. We need more of it. All right, second hour, we talked about Dr. Pierre Corey. Members of Congress have been treated for COVID-19 with ivermectin. One to 200 members of Congress, their families, and their staffs. They've been given ivermectin. A highly credible source with inside Congress blew the whistle. No hospitalizations either. Now, what I find fascinating about this is Congress lets you and I literally die because we can't get the miracle drug, as Dr. Corey puts it, in time. And now we find out that while Congress lets the media spin it as horse poop, don't take it, don't do it, it turns out the members of Congress have been getting ivermectin. A couple hundred of them and their families and their staffs, they know full well that it does incredible good. Shame on them for letting you believe otherwise. In fact, I think it borders on criminal activity. It's one thing to say, well, the um, people at the border get ivermectin. Yeah, but you can say we're trying to deworm people from foreign countries and and get rid of uh, all kinds of other things. So we're going to use it. That's one thing. But when Congress takes it, they can't claim that we're trying to deworm Congress, can we? So, see, that's the problem with that whole dishonest argument. Anyway, there you have that. <clears throat> we also talked to our guest, Dr. Murray Sabrin. He's a Ph.D. He's also a retired professor of finance at Ramapo College. He also founded the Sabrin Center for Free Enterprise in the Amosfield School of Business in 2007. He immigrated with his parents from Germany, I guess West Germany, back in uh, 1949. Wow, good for him. The question is, who decides what medical care you can get, huh? Dr. Murray Sabrin, widely recognized as a leading voice in the American libertarian movement, answers that question and um, really provides a leading voice in the nation's health care crisis. He's got insights and solutions into his incredible new book called Universal Medical Care from Conception to End of Life. Uh, He makes the case for a single-payer system. That's not government, by the way. That's you in this libertarian example. Sabrin wants to phase out employer-based insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, and Obamacare. He said government and medicine should be separated just like church and state has been. Sabrin's single-payer system is based on strong libertarian principles, and he proposes direct primary care with your physician, where patients pay cash, a medical savings account where you'd put money in tax-free, let it grow tax-free, and take it out and use it for medical expenses tax-free. That's good news. 
than a catastrophic policy for really big expenses. It would save millions of dollars every year. We could create nonprofit medical centers to help and a whole lot more. By the way, do you even know what a fee schedule is? We ended with, with that kind of discussion showing how serious this is. He provides real solutions to the healthcare crisis, uh, in my humble opinion. And that's a recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. Think about that in two hours, what we covered. Add that to today's news that I refuse to use, and man, we're covering a lot of hard-hitting news. Texas Governor Greg Abbott. This is news that I refuse to use today. It all starts now. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issues executive order banning vaccine mandates by any entity. Now, I get that a lot of these Republican governors, um, you know, we think they are really, really, really good. And then when you dig in to the inside of who they really are, you find out a lot of these Republican governors aren't as good. They're not as hard hitting. They're not as constitutional as it appears. And so, you know, you got the debate about all these governors, whether it be Christy Nome, uh, whether it be Greg Abbott, whether it be Ron DeSantis. Those are probably the three top ones, Florida, Texas, South Dakota. And, uh, you know, you, you hear they're great, and then you hear on the inside, you know what, they're not as great as they seem. They're tyrants, really, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, I am somewhat famous for making this claim. I don't want to judge Greg on Greg, Ron on Ron, Christy on Christy. I want to judge principle. And when a governor or a president or a congressman or a senator or anybody, all the way down to the local dog catcher, when they follow constitutional principles, I want to give them praise. And when they jettison constitutional principles, I want to be very critical, not of them as persons. I don't want to make it personal. But as a constitutional reality check, I want to be the guy that uses the supreme law of the land. That's the Constitution for the United States of America and God's law as my guide. And I want to judge every discussion point, every issue every debate, if you will, on principle. And if I'm right on the principle, then it doesn't matter whose side I'm on because I'm on the, I don't want to dare say right side. That'd be too polarizing due to the right, left, dishonest paradigm, right? I want to be on the correct side based on principle. That's what I want to do because then you don't really worry about who your friends are and who your foes are. You merely say, hey, I'm not picking people. I'm picking truth to the best of my ability every time. So here's the deal. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issues an executive order banning vaccine mandates by any entity. Now, I have a little bit of a problem with it because he goes a little bit too far. You know what? Private companies can do what they want. I've got a problem. You know, if, if I own a business and I want to, you got to have a vaccine to join my business, then I think I have that right to say that is my business. After all, whose business is it? Mine, right? And that's why I feel that way. But I bring this up because, you know what? For the most part, Greg Abbott's right on this. I wish more governors would stand up. What they really need to do is put their executive orders in place, and then they need to nullify now and stop the federal government from their abuses. Anyway, I digress, but good on Greg Abbott for the most part. But be careful when you dabble into the private sector because you cross lines you ought not. This is Liberty Round. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? 
Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always. Now, so anyway, I try to base everything on principle. And I know a lot of people don't really like that. But you know what? I believe that's the way to go because we're not taking pot shots at people. Um, and anyway, all I can say is good for Greg Abbott for ex- his executive order. Um, I've got a little bit of an issue, though, when private sector, if they want to have vaccine mandates, they sure should. If they want to say, Sam, we don't want to hire any blind people. You know what? Blind people are trouble on the job. Don't want to hire any of you. I think business has that right. I disagree with that discriminatory behavior. But when do you have your autonomy? When do you have your private property? When do you? Okay. And if we're not very careful, we start to, based on principle, obliterate that. For the, quote, greater cause, which I find problematic, to say the least. All right. Federal judge rules against natural immunity claim challenging COVID-19 vaccine mandates. The Epic Times with the piece. Uh, So I guess um, this person that went to court said, hey, you know what? I've got natural immunity. I don't need the vaccine. Well, the court shut it down. And the debate rages on about natural immunity versus vaccine immunity. And what they're saying is we're just not going to respect your natural immunity. Why? Because they say you could be on a, well, you could be on the weaker side. You could have barely got COVID and therefore you don't really have the immunities you think you have or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I would ask the courts and I would ask the bureaucrats and all the professional do-gooders pushing this. What if the vaccine's got a problem and it's tainted uh, or it's weakened in its lot or whatever you want to say how do we know it's got the immunities and the antibodies that it claims to have as well 
<clears throat> so that's a big concern. But the other real problem that I would point out is this. Why can't we test for antibodies in the system? Why can't we say we don't care how you got the antibodies? If you have them, good on you. After all, it's the antibodies that will create a situation where um, you're not in, in harm's way, right? Isn't it you got to have those antibodies? Well, how much antibodies do you got to have? Well, they don't know. All right. So the problem is that they don't know what creates safety or what creates um, protection is the term they're all using. But I don't even like the protection word because that's a downgrade from the immunity. Right? You're immune. Well, you're protected. Protected isn't immune. Well, you got, you know, these breakthrough infections and you got this and you got that and you got, you know, harm from the vaccines and the list goes on and on and on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, this coronavirus issue, sad to say, is here to stay. All right? That's what the big problem is with this. And they don't have a leg to stand on in terms of science. They say they want to follow the science, but they don't have science as the problem on their side. That's the real problem with this discussion, ladies and gentlemen, is they don't have science to stand on, and so they're all over the map. Because all I got to do is just say, hey, to you scientists, to you experts, you tell me how many, how much antibodies I have in comparison to how much I need to be, quote, protected or better yet immune, and then we'll talk. And the answer is they can't give you that because they don't know. All right. All right. Now, we've got another problem. Is the Biden vaccine mandate a bluff. There's a serious, serious news story going around that most of you probably haven't heard, but here it is. Is it a bluff? Biden's vaccine mandate does not actually exist. Is the administration exploiting government by press release? Art Moore WorldNet Daily asks the question, and good on them for this serious question. Let me explain, because you're thinking, what are you talking about, Sam? Yeah, does the mandate really exist? Let me explain. Was President Biden's announcement September the 9th of a vaccine mandate for private companies employing 100 or more people a bluff? You got to really ask that question. Was the goal to persuade more Americans to be vaccinated? And why do we say that, you may ask? Because one month later, no rule has been issued by the Department of Labor's Occupational and Safety and Health Administration, known as OSHA. So do you understand what I'm saying? Joe made an announcement a month ago, but no rule has been issued by OSHA. The nearly two dozen... Republican attorneys general who have threatened to sue on constitutional grounds have not yet filed. Why? Because there's no mandate that they can bring to court. So this is kind of where you get it. You got nearly two dozen attorneys generals across the country saying we're going to sue. But none of the Republican attorney generals have been able to sue. They haven't filed their lawsuits. Why? Because there's not a mandate 
for them to bring to court yet. So that's why we say, is it a bluff? Is it real at all? The headline also says White House served, well served by non-existent mandate. So if you just issue a press release, if you don't have any government entity followed through, there's no real laws on the books. Attorney generals can't sue because there's no law or no, I don't know what you want to call it, regulation added to the books. Then is it a bluff? Is it real? In a letter to the Wall Street Journal, Bruce Atkinson observed that the mandate's non-existent status shields the Biden administration from legal challenges that may restrict OSHA's authority. But see, here's the bottom line. Even though the mandate does not exist, the mandate is still effective at compelling industries and companies into compliance because you can target non-compliant entities Further, the, quote, non-existent mandate also allows so-inclined state and local government and companies to issue their own mandates, seemingly in lockstep with Washington, but not really, because now you got a local mandate, a state mandate, a private company mandate. You have no federal government mandate. You just had a press release, but yet everybody thinks you're in sync with Washington, right? The Biden White House, they claim, has been well served by presenting a non-existent mandate. Biden's, quote, government by press release allows weak Republicans and evil Democrats to attack each other for the cameras. Now, I don't think it's really weak Republicans. I think it's evil Republicans just as much as Democrats. Let's not protect them, okay? But by the time Republican attorneys general get around to filing lawsuits over any eventual legal documents? Well, most people will already be forced and injected and or unemployed by then. So the mandate turns out to be more than a mandate because it, well, it mandates by press release. It gets compliance before legal ease can be filed. It gives the judges an excuse to say, well, it's already kind of too late now. Everybody's been given the jab or fired or whatever else. And so the mandate's carried out even though the mandate doesn't exist. And we see the same dishonest lie when it comes to the vaccines. On one hand, we're told the vaccine has been approved by the FDA. The emergency approval status not necessary anymore because it was approved. Again, that's a lie. Why do I say that? Because the vaccine that you're getting right now is still the uh, emergency authorization vaccine. The one that's supposedly approved is a different name, a different vaccine. And they don't have any of that yet to distribute to the people. So while they're claiming to you that, hey, we've already approved it, not the shots people are getting. In fact, there's a big lawsuit over this very topic. Matt Staver and others are suing because the military uh, is baiting and switching, telling servicemen and women that, hey, they got the approved vaccine, but yet giving them the emergency status vaccine instead. And there's a big lawsuit about the dishonesty of that going on right now. So there you have that. The real problem is you can't trust your government, ladies and gentlemen. 
That's the real problem. Okay? You just can't trust what your government's doing. And they wonder why we don't want to get vaccinated. In my mind, it's very obvious. Because what you're doing, we cannot trust. What you're doing, we have no faith in. All right, I'll be right back. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, breaking down the news that I refuse to use based on principle just for you on your favorite talk station. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. At least two souls have died after a small airplane crash in a residential neighborhood in Southern California, east of San Diego. The plane, owned and piloted by a local cardiologist, Dr. Shugata Das, who reportedly lived in San Diego, but flew back and forth from his work at Yuma Regional Medical Center in Arizona. The plane crashed into a UPS truck near Santana High School in Santee on Monday afternoon. A Wyoming coroner will give an official update on Gabby Petito's autopsy during a briefing with news reporters on Tuesday. Teton County Coroner Brent Blue called a press conference for 2.30 p.m. Eastern to discuss the ruling on the autopsy, which will likely include a cause of death for the Petito homicide. Football legend John Gruden announced that he's resigned as the Las Vegas Raiders head coach on Monday. The New York Times reported earlier Monday that Gruden used unacceptable language in emails over a seven-year period. USA Radio News. If you're tired of big cable bills and want to cut the cord, you can still get Newsmax TV for free. Millions of Americans like you are watching Newsmax. It's available on all major cable systems or get it free on major streaming platforms. Watch Newsmax on smart TVs like Samsung, LG, Vizio, and more. Find Newsmax on your hub guide or use the TV app. Newsmax also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, TiVo, Apple TV, Chromecast, and more. More than 7 million people have downloaded the free Newsmax app on their smartphones. There's no paywall or subscription, so watch Newsmax anytime, anywhere. Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. And watch great shows with Mike Huckabee, Greg Kelly, Rob Schmidt, Diamond and Silk, Stinchfield, and a lot more. Find out why America is tuning in to Newsmax TV, the fastest-growing cable news channel. It's a source you can trust. Newsmax is real news for real people. New reports out of the Middle East are saying terrorist groups are reforming in Afghanistan. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports. There are reports of terror groups like ISIS-K and Al-Qaeda re-emerging in Afghanistan following the U.S. withdrawal and Taliban takeover. President Biden had promised the U.S. can still defend the homeland from any threats posed by the groups. But Michigan Republican Congressman Peter Meyer criticizes those efforts on Fox Business. This vaunted idea of an over-the-horizon capability that we've maintained uh, has surely shown its weaknesses. And right now, that's about all that we have. Uh, we are desperately concerned that al-Qaeda could continue to reconstitute, that other groups could find safe haven. And that was, frankly, the initiative and the goal 20 years ago. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. Cold weather and snowstorms are on tap for the western portion of the United States today. This is USA Radio News.
right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So a federal judge rules against natural immunity claim. They're not going to let you get away with that. They want to force the vax. Never mind, it's a bluff, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden's federal mandate issued has no teeth. It does not even actually exist right now. So fiat by press release is Joe's stance. But what's happening is people are being forced to take the vaccines nevertheless. It's a shame, ladies and gentlemen. It's a disgrace. Wow. There you have that. All right, now I want to talk about this uh, Southwest Airlines. They say cancels at least 1,800 flights over the weekend. It's pushing into Monday and Tuesday now. They blame weather and air traffic control, but I believe it's different. Now, here's what's even happening, though. The lie goes on even bigger because who's peddling fake news, us or them? They claim it's the weather. They claim it's air traffic control. Uh, and uh, that's the bottom line. I say it's because people are, one, sick, two, taking sick days, and three, they do not want to comply with the vaccine mandate. Who are we talking about? We're talking about air flight personnel and pilots and air traffic controllers. So Southwest Airlines wants you to believe it's the air traffic controllers. Air traffic controllers say we have a little bit of blip, but it's not really us. The union for Southwest denying that it has to do with pilots and people not taking the vaccinations. But the debate rages on. The mainstream press doubles down and says conspiracy theorists say that it's people that don't want to take the vaccines. But we know across the country that in hospitals and other medical uh, facilities that you know what? They're having a problem with staffing because people don't want to take the vaccines. Now we believe that's true in the airline industry and other industries as well. The mainstream press doesn't want to tell you about this. But Ron Paul, in my opinion, has the definitive on this in his weekly report. Cameron's going to dial that up, and we're going to listen to this, and then I'll talk about it. Ron Paul doing a great job here. And Cameron's dialing right now on Liberty Roundtable Live. Hello, this is Ron Paul with your weekly update for Monday, October 11th. The Great Southwest Airlines, the incredible cruelty and folly of forced vaccines finally came home to roost. The vaccine mandate backlash has been bubbling just under the surface, but now it has spilled out into the open, threatening and completely derail any attempt of crumbling the economy to obliterate a deeply unpopular U.S. president and administration. Seemingly, though, out of nowhere, what appears to be a Southwest Airlines rebellion has taken flight from this weekend. According to media reports, scores of pilots and other Southwest employees have coordinated the taking of sick days to use them up in advance of a Southwest Airlines mandate to get the jab or lose their jobs. Over Saturday and Sunday, more than 2,000 flights have been canceled with airports experiencing full-on mayhem. The Southwest Airlines Pilot Association is suing the airlines over the imposed vaccine mandate, bolstering the claim that there is a sick-out underway among angry Southwest pilots. The mainstream media is doing its best to keep a lid on the expanding rebellion against the vaccine mandates, and Southwest Airlines itself is blaming the cancellations on bad weather and a lack of air traffic controllers. 
However, the weather problems that Southwest claims to be experiencing seems unique to that carrier. No other airlines thus far is reporting such weather-related cancellations. And FAA spokesman Steve Cohn told USA Today that no FFA air traffic staffing shortages have been reported since Friday. Will other pilots such as at, at American Airlines follow suit? Rumors are circling that this is only the beginning. Over the past few weeks, thousands of nurses, medical workers, and first responders have either quit or been fired for refusing to receive a medical treatment they do not want or need. The nursing shortage that Democratic politicians and the mainstream media had been blaming on rising COVID cases has been in reality a man-made disaster of historic proportions. The nursing crisis is not caused by COVID cases having been in decline in the U.S. for weeks. It is caused by the firing of medical personnel who refuse to take the experimental COVID shots. History may record this weekend as the turning point against Biden administration, COVID tyranny. From nurses to pilots to truckers to even Amtrak workers, it appears that America is standing up and saying, enough. Every one of our fellow citizens standing up on principle to oppose tyranny, facing the loss of their jobs and security, is owed a debt of gratitude for all who love liberty. Let's hope that this peaceful rebellion continues to grow. Thanks for listening. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Ron Paul breaking it down. There are rumors of this going on everywhere, and where it's going to lead, where it's going to go, nobody knows. But when you have Southwest Airlines literally canceling over 2,000 flights over the weekend, there's a big lawsuit from the union to the airlines over the vaccine mandate in the first place. Then, um, you know, they blame it on weather and air traffic controllers, but the air traffic controller group says, hey, we don't really have a shortage here. That's not happening to us. And then when they say it's weather and then other airlines are flying, how do you – somebody's lying somewhere, folks. That's the problem with it. But really what you've got is Biden's mandate, his vaccine mandate, doesn't really exist yet. Okay, and the problem is these attorney generals can't sue. You put that together with Greg Abbott literally pushing back in Texas and saying, look, we're going to – we're going to ban vaccine mandates in our state. That's Texas. That's a huge, huge battle. But you know what? This coronavirus battle is not over. The deep state liberals, globally speaking, the shadow government, the tyrannical folks have found their, what do you want to call it, hill to die on? Is that the best way to call it? Hill to die on? These people literally are going are gonna to use COVID for I don't know how long, but years to come. You know, they used to say, hey, we need a, a, a you know 10 days, 14 days, two weeks or whatever to flatten the curve. That's how this all started, remember? Now we're literally a year and a half plus later and they're going, hey, this thing's not going to go away anytime soon. This is going to last for years. The repercussions are going to uh, uh, influence generations. I mean, they're going on and on about this, aren't they? Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's a few things that you ought to know. Listen to this headline. China braces for possible 
large-scale COVID-19 outbreak leaks CCP documents. That's the Communist Chinese Party documents. So the Communist Chinese Party now is saying, hey, we might have a massive possible large-scale corona outbreak. What would happen to the economies of the world? What would happen to all our plans to try to, uh, you know, get past COVID-19, etc., if all of a sudden China had a large-scale COVID-19 outbreak? What would happen? We're not ready for that, folks. They even say food prices hit highest level in a decade, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to affect your food. It's going to affect everything in your life. We told you about the power outages in China, right? Well, uh, many are saying that's going to create food problems big time and product problems big time. They even say for Christmas, your children better prepare to cry. And what do they mean by that? You're not going to have toys for your kids for Christmas. But believe it or not, They've been moving us away from coal, as you know, in America for quite some time in the green energy movement, right? But now there's a coal firm CEO. His name is Ernie Thrasher. And Ernie Thrasher says this. Energy crisis may trigger winter blackouts across the U.S. Jack Phillips reporting for the Western Journal on this. So now you got a call from CEO saying, hey, man, we might have blackouts and brownouts and everything going across. We've got an energy crisis. Everybody's going away from coal. And as a result, we can't fuel the grid. When everybody cranks up, you know, in the winter, it's going to be bad news bears. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, this is kind of scary, isn't it? These are things that make you go, hmm. Where do we go from here? Have you been preparing as we've been asking you to? You got a little bit of wood? <laughs> you got a little a backup way of heating your home? You got a little food on hand, a little gold and silver for trade, and a whole lot more? If not, time to get it, I'm telling you right now. All right. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hang tight. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you the sinister reality that we're facing. Right now, you believe Republicans are against vaccine mandates. Democrats are all about them. It's a political partisan divide, and that's the reality. Thank heavens for the Republicans standing up for your rights. Well, the Democrats are ready to obliterate them, but that is a left-right paradigm lie, and I'm here to prove it to you. Headline says, GOP seethes. But every state requires shots, ladies and gentlemen. That's the reality check you may not be aware of. Resistance to vaccine mandates, once a fringe position, they say, has now entered the Republican mainstream. But the governors who are fighting Joe Biden's COVID-19 mandates, well, they've all had mandates of their own for years. Did you know that? Like other Republican governors around the country, ladies and gentlemen, let's use Tate Reeves of Mississippi as an example. Governor Reeves reacted angrily to the coronavirus vaccine mandates that Joe imposed on private businesses. That's the public. That's the media. Declaring the move terrifying, he wrote on Twitter, This is still America, and we still believe in freedom from tyrants. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is there is a deep inconsistency in his arguments. Why, you say? Well, because Mississippi has some of the strictest vaccine mandates in the nation. Yeah. Which have not drawn opposition from most of its elected officials. Think about that. That's serious, right? Mississippi has some of the strongest and strictest vaccine mandates in the nation, which most elected officials haven't really worried about that too much, right? How come? How come they're so against Joe, but they got mandates of their own? Not only does it require children to be vaccinated, against measles, mumps, and seven other diseases to attend school. But it's more than most states. It goes a step further than most states, by the way. Mississippi bars parents from claiming religious, philosophical, or conscientious objector status 
or exemptions. Resistance to vaccinations was once a fringe position in both parties. But the fury over Mr. Biden's mandates shows how once an extreme stance has made it to the mainstream. Republicans know that it's a freedom issue, so it's close to their base now. But ladies and gentlemen, let's take this for example. They say uh, President Biden's in a power grab. But Henry McMaster, he's governor of South Carolina, he promised to fight Mr. Biden in court to the, quote, gates of hell. Governor Greg, who is it? Um, John Furt of Montana called it unlawful. And American Governor Kay Ivey of Alabama called the move outrageous and overreaching. Sounds good, right? Wow, good for these governors, you believe. But each of these states, indeed every state in the union, already mandates certain vaccinations for children. And sometimes for adults, including health care workers and patients in certain facilities. Mississippi, which is one of the lowest coronavirus vaccinations rates in the nation, has consistently led the nation in childhood vaccinations. They call it a point of pride for its health officials and many of its lawmakers in Mississippi. Alabama has a similar situation. Mississippi and other states fail to acknowledge any exemptions to these childhood vaccinations. Experts in the public agree that Biden, they say, is on solid footing because his actions are grounded in federal work safety laws. They say now that Republican governors and Republican state legislative bodies um, may need to refresh their understanding on their own vaccine mandates. Are they an intrusion on personal liberty too? They need a refresher on their own state policies. It's pure hypocrisy. <clears throat> Even religious exemptions are swept away in Mississippi, so how can this governor say it's an assault? Say that Biden can't do this. The order is to make workers safe with authorization by Congress. How do they say that's an overreach when the governor? There you have it. The battle's on. Reeves of Mississippi says, I'll use every tool at my disposal. Now, Governor Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas is trying to resist as well. He's on NBC Meet the Press. They say school mandates have always come at the state level, not the federal level. So they criticize Biden. 
But even the critics say that the vaccine is life-saving. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. They say, parents, get your kids vaccinated. You've got them vaccinated for all kind of other things. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The problem is this. They say Biden's mandates are exciting outrage. In Mississippi, one of the hardest hit states, hospitals were overwhelmed, they say. Now, it's a big battle, but here's the problem. The liberals are the ones mocking the GOP for their hypocrisy, okay? But this is where I base my views on principles. I'm not interested in the left-right paradigm. I'm not interested in that debate at all, ladies and gentlemen. The GOP seethes. They're mad. But every state requires shots, okay? These Republican governors require mandated vaccinations. Now, here's the problem. Here, in my mind, is the real rub on this thing, right? Does a state have authority to mandate vaccines, but the federal government doesn't? Some would go look at their constitution and say, by golly, yes, indeed. You know, the federal government has very narrow powers. The state has very broad powers, right? But I don't know that that gives the state any more authority than the federal government to mandate vaccines. What about my body, my choice? What about the idea that says I am given rights by God that are inalienable? What about all that? See, the problem with the whole discussion, ladies and gentlemen, is it's a debate about authority. Republican governors want you to believe they're outraged and they're going to sue and they're going to stop it. But you know what? When they have a myriad of vaccine mandates on their own books and it's in every state in the union, this has been battled for a long, long time. And it's been ruled many times, many places in courts and everything else. That if it's for the safety under emergency, quote, powers, even though I reject those, I think they're misused. They're literally saying that they can mandate these things. And I don't know that I believe these Republican governors will be able to stop it with their babblings and blusterings because they're all on the government dole for money. None of them have the guts to nullify now. They all talk big, but that's about the end of their talk, if you will. It's talk. So the GOP might seethe. They might be angry. But you know what? At the end of the day, they don't have a leg to stand on. Okay? All right, answering the call for our TV show coming up. Hopefully you guys can hear me just fine, right? All right, hang tight. If you guys can hear me just fine, then if you can see me just fine, I'm finishing the radio show and I'll be right with you. Hopefully we have the good sheriff and our our incredible guest coming up as well, which I will not announce right now. But I will say this, these Republican governors claiming that they reject vaccine mandates don't have a leg to stand on, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Because at the state level, they have mandates on vaccinations everywhere. Your kids must be vaccinated before they attend government schools and so on. So how are these uh, governors going to have credibility to fight vaccine mandates at the federal level, huh? That is a very serious discussion and question. And I might repeat uh, 
this reality check, Joe Biden's mandate is a bluff. It does not currently even exist. Yeah, it's government by press release. There is no OSHA regulation requiring vaccines anywhere. So a month after Joe made the mandate, it's a mandate by press release is all it is. The governors of the states can't even sue because there's nothing to sue against. It doesn't exist yet. And they say by the time the documents get filed at the OSHA level, the problem is that everybody will be either vaxxed or fired by the time that comes around. Time will tell. We'll keep an eye on the ball. You've been fearing a global tax for quite some time. Well, it's about to come your way. Treasury Secretary believes Congress will pass a global minimum tax. Ladies and gentlemen, this is criminal. Congress has no authority to pass a global minimum tax of any kind. This is the time where we, the people, need to push back on the bogus vaccine mandates to the global minimum tax. Ladies and gentlemen, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, the shadow government is absolutely out of control. And because they're desperate for tyranny, because they're desperate to use COVID, climate change, taxes, whatever they can to shoehorn us into a tyranny, they're showing their ugly true colors. And Americans are waking up to it. People around the world are waking up to it, to where it is an epic battle to the finish line now. Will you help us stand for the sacred cause of liberty? That's my question for you as we end Hour 1 of Liberty Roundtable Live. Hour 2 coming up, the Sheriff Mack Show on Brighty on TV, simulcast on Liberty Roundtable Live. Boy, howdy, have we got a great guest for you coming up. And boy, howdy, do we got an incredible conference coming up. WeCanAct.net for your tickets today. Put in the key code LIBERTY for a $50 discount. It will be taking place at the Salt Palace in Salt Lake City, Utah, October 22nd and 23rd, Friday and Saturday. I will be there live broadcasting and a whole lot more from the Loving Liberty Radio Network booth. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mm-hmm.